Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello, how's it going? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. You want to hear a cute story about my kiddos? Sure. <laughs> so, you know how the new babe, we figured out, you know, Finn and Hayden's child's name was Violet. Yeah. And my daughter's name was Violet. So I was explaining to them about the character in GH because they know that I watch GH and I record they're a podcast so with their auntie. <laughs> so they're like, we want to watch the episode with Violet. So they watched it with me. <laughs> Did they actually, like, pay attention and show interest? They did. It was really cute. Oh, that's like, so, so cute. who's Violet, Mommy, and Daddy? <laughs> that's hilarious. And you've got them all hooked and everything. That's amazing. Good for you. That's great parenting. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we just start there? So we learned her very adorable, beautiful name, which obviously led me to think about our Violet. I love Hayden, okay? And we are very pro- Let's have them be together. But yeah. when I heard her talk and explain <laughs> herself, I was like, what is legitimately wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you for realsies? Like, her rationale for doing what she did, like, none of it was holding up. Like, none of it. Because oh, she kept I- explaining why she left. But mm-hmm. when he kept trying to bring her back to so. Again, how does all of that lead you to lie about a baby? And her rationale was beyond flimsy. What the hell did you think? Oh my gosh. Well, I thought many of the things that you verbalized so much better than I would have been able to, even though you're sleep deprived. So yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I was just wondering like, okay, so you didn't do it because you were in love with him, but you wanted to be with him, but you're trying to protect him. Like it was going around in circles and he looked just as confused as I was. But the part that kind of made me giggle in the whole scene of being frustrated is how close she had they were like really close talking that was some really close talking on that bench <laughs> so. well yeah they have a lot of chemistry and I think that goes to the other thing so last week we were saying you know I don't even think he'll be that mad and I mean of course he was mad but yeah. I don't think he's going to be mad for very long like it's clear that Hayden is selfish but in his conversation with Curtis earlier this week Him and Curtis know her extremely well, meaning they know all of her. They know the worst parts of her and they know what she's capable of. And I feel like because he speaks Hayden, he is kind of probably more open to forgiving her than maybe he even knows. But that's sort of what I was getting. Like he just, he knows her and like her rationale, though it sounds crazy to us and typical Hayden Typical Hayden has a completely different meaning to him. Well, I thought it was really interesting because when you say that he speaks Hayden or he understands her and how her story is convoluted, it very much reminded me of Kim. She makes her own way. She creates her own narrative and people seem to forgive her and be on board because that's Kim and that's the way that she does things. I think that was true up until a up until a certain point. Oh, like, yeah. I, I crazy now, but I'm just saying like how we used to joke about her before where she would talk to um, Julian and that, you know, everything was just so easily explainable. Okay. So this is where I think that they do differ. I think, okay. So with Hayden, I just feel like she's a, she's a very flawed person, but she's still a relatively together person. And her and Finn had a solid relationship and they very well sort of saved one another. Like I would say that she held her weight in a relationship that they were equals with Kim and Julian. I just found it, even though they were cute together, I still think it was relatively flimsy. Like I felt like Julian was hanging on to an idea of Kim, not so much Kim and Kim was just in her own land. (laughs) Like I feel like she was in a relationship with herself and Julian was there. You know what? That's a very good point. I find them like so not the same in that way. Like I just don't feel like Kim really held her weight because didn't she constantly try to minimize their relationship? That's a very valid point. And honestly, I wasn't watching when uh, Finn and Hayden were together. It was just that sense of familiarity when she was just so easily, when she was able to kind of talk in circles and Finn was mad, but he wasn't like, I'm going to storm out of here mad. So that's the only the only thing that reminded me um, of Kim a little bit, but that little girl is so gorgeous and so sweet and so cute. 
I cannot wait to see her in scenes. She was really cute, but I was wondering, like, at what point he was going to kind of ask, well, if you're going to sit with me, because I get it, I'm a stranger mm-hmm. to her, and it's your fault, when are we telling her that, like, I'm her dad, because that part's not going to change? Like, I was sort of wondering where that was going to come in, where he would kind of ask, like, are we going to introduce me to her because even though she was presenting to him like well having a baby is not something you a kid is not something you just test out for a while but what bugged me was that I don't feel Finn gave that vibe at all that he was going to test out what it was to have a kid Mm -hmm. I think that was all in her head and man did I like just I mean just the fact that she was saying like so what was I supposed to do you and and like Anna would be her stepmother and then what about me it was like well (laughs) what about you being parents and being in a relationship are two different things that you could still parent you made a choice like that's the thing like you left and and yes she was in some legal trouble but mind you she wasn't arrested and she was right about to get married you know like stuff she did came out and she you know nothing actually happened at that point but the reality was like you had everything you wanted like if you wanted to be with Finn he could have just stayed. Exactly. But I'm guessing her contract got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think that is pretty accurate. Okay, so in relation to this story, there's also the conversation that Felicia was having with Robert. And Robert yeah. seemed like really invested in Finn not being with Anna anymore. For sure. He wants Anna. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know how to um, kind of leave Anna to be with somebody else because you know nothing's really ever been serious where he's been present for it I guess like to see like he's he's in one place and it's obvious that like well they've had that conversation they sort of said their weird goodbyes to each other or basically reset their relationship and set boundaries with each other but I mean I had to say like I kind of was like Robert you're really pushing it like you're really right? you 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 just told Felicia that you're not getting involved because you and Anna have this new understanding, but you obviously do not have this understanding with Finn. Mm-hmm. It feels that he can really poke at him like he's some young kid, you know, who looking to take advantage of Anna when it's really not the case. And especially after the whole rationale that Felicia gave about how hard it is to be the other person who is having to constantly say goodbye to mm-hmm. someone saving the world. Like, it's never going to feel good enough saying, can you come home? Can you stay with me when they're supposedly saving the world? I really, and you just have really to like, accept that. I and like so, that she said that. Yeah, because it's a valid point. And he just heard that point, yet he still had no, I guess, empathy for Finn. Nope, none at all. But anyways, Finn can hold his own. But speaking of Robert, his conversation with Laura. Okay, so this is what I was thinking. So when... Kevin was at the table with Laura Mm -hmm. I was thinking this it crossed my mind but then it actually visually sort of manifested in a way so I was still wondering with Robert nearby and him basically all by his lonesome yeah sure he may end up with Anna but we all know that he showed some interest in Laura but Laura's with Kevin yes and then we saw Kevin with Ava earlier this week (gasps) and like we visually saw like a pairing there and a pairing there and we also saw Laura talk, even, even though, like, obviously, I love Kevin and Laura together. Like, they're mm-hmm. just adorable. But Laura would not stop talking about, I guess, Robert's romantic life. Right. And so I feel like they're really pushing that that's something that's going to come up. Like, it's going to be an important point for Robert is something romantic. And I do wonder if it could be something super inappropriate <laughs> with Laura, if it's really about picking up the pieces with Anna. I'm really surprised this girl is not back. And Felicia made a point of saying, like, it doesn't look like she's coming back soon because she picked up another lead. Ooh. You know? So it's like, I don't know if this is about Robert and Anna or Robert and Laura. And... It was interesting because the whole Ryan thing happened and obviously it was hard for Ava to be anywhere around Kevin. They had their like awkward flirtiness with the whole undercover investigation, but like a lot of time has passed. And then he decided on his own volition to kind of step in and go talk to Ava because he felt that they shared a commonality as like people who survived Ryan. Yeah. And I like the way he presented it. And there was just like this ease and, um, flirtiness 
ever so slightly to their relationship. Now that you're making me like think about it a little bit more in depth in that way from that perspective, like I can totally see an Ava, Kevin, or even an Ava, Kevin, Neil struggle because Ava's never had a love triangle, a positive no. one. No, exactly. And, and okay. So, so with Kevin, like, like you said, there was just so much cute banter and mm. it was really interesting. I love the, the little comment she was making about Laura because last week I was kind of irritated when like Ava snapped at Laura. I'm like, why can't we just solidify these two women as friends and stop with this back and forth? But then they ended up having like a nice encounter. But this week it was really cute how she said to Kevin that it was uh, life was easier when they weren't friends. <laughs> like when Laura didn't like her. And then when he left, she was very, like I said, their banter was on point. She was softer and she even said, you know, tell Laura, thank you, but make it look like I put up a fight about it. I don't want her to know that I'm going softer than I already am. So I thought that was interesting. But at the same time, I was like, how did you go soft? Because <laughs> like, she's acting like a human being with emotion. She didn't kick A little, yes. She, you know, she's willing to apologize to Laura for, for snapping. That's true. And- so there's like a different side to her, a more human, approachable side that's happening. And I really liked, you know, like we have this love-hate relationship with Ava. We want to support her, but then she says that thing. They're like, oh, dear Lord. But when she walked into that gallery and how excited and happy she was, oh, my God. Like, I had goosebumps. I was so thrilled to see her back in her place. Oh, yeah. I'm so supportive of her and I loved how just you can see her I guess gaining her footing and getting excited even in her conversation with Kevin and like you said you said something like um, she could be a little bit more human and I also think like now that you've said that that it's it's usually reflected I find in how many interactions she has because the whole thing with Ava is that either she's completely alone that visual with Kiki when she was having those fantasies in the hotel room like I'm all alone uh, mm-hmm. compared to other times when she's mingling with people like Felicia or Laura and this week she kind of mingled with quite a few people you know you had Laura who went the extra mile and you know got uh, Julian to come and take care of her she interacted with Lucas this week who, who voiced that he too was concerned about her Neil was there she interacted with Kevin like she, I feel like the level of interaction she has with people reflect how human she is she interacted with Valentine, with Nina this week with the two teenagers with Deb with Trina Oh my gosh, that's a really good point. Just taking a little step back to when uh, Julian brought her to the hospital, I was like, wow, yeah. she's all like hot men helping her. But she's <laughs> <laughs> related to, to two-thirds right? of them. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, like, Lucas, you know, like, sometimes the characters are so intertwined, and we talk about this all the time, but that we forget how intertwined they are. So yes, Lucas is helping her. Julian is his dad, and he calls him dad, but he doesn't call her Aunt Eva. How weird would that be? <laughs> He doesn't. No, he just calls her Ava. I mean, they don't interact much, you know, like even Julian saying this is your your aunt needs help is is a stretch because the lack of relationship, you know, they each cultivated with the other's kid like Julian with um, with Kiki, you know, there wasn't Mm -hmm. a ton there. Um, And and there wasn't there's not much vice versa either. But the thing with everybody on Ava, I was just confused. Well, first of all, I thought when they were examining her that she was going to come up pregnant, which would have complicated everything. That's what I thought, because everybody was like, let's get the therapist in here for this one, because it's going to be bad. But it wasn't. It it was more just concern about her drinking and, and just her behavior overall. But maybe I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this is insane, but I was just sort of like, I get that you're concerned, and she is given giving some reason you know, to, to be concerned for her. But in my head, I was like, she's seeing Neil. Isn't she not seeing, you know, a psychiatrist and, and, and she's getting the help she needs. So wouldn't it stand to reason she'd still be a little bit messed up? Well, that, like she's like, in the process. Exactly. Like, I understand you shouldn't be like blackout drunk. Okay, fine. But she was like, come on, people. I just found out this ridiculous news. How am I supposed to react to it? Exactly. What is the normal, what is the air quotes normal way to react to news like that? I felt like she was making really rational points. Me and too. yes, she was drinking a little extra, but I mean, again, for how long? I think she's aware that it's not the ideal way, but it's 
you know, it, it's something that's recent and not necessarily longstanding. And again, she is in therapy. But then I got confused because when she was talking to Kevin, because I was like, oh, she's, you know, Dr. Neil's regular. But then when she was talking to Kevin, she's like, I'm not interested in a psychiatrist. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that kind of confused me. So I'm hoping she's still yeah. seeing Dr. Byrne, but it also looks like one visit with Kevin did wonders. <laughs> true and so who knows if she'll be switching therapists <gasps> oh more inappropriate line crossing yeah <laughs> pretty 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 much um okay so while we're at the hospital and talking about uh neil so rad super anxious <laughs> super anxious and last week i talked about the whole affair thing yes like, it looks like Lucas is thinking that that might be it because he's not stupid. Like, he knows Brad is lying about something. He just doesn't know how crazy that lie actually is. Okay, so Lucas is super pretty. So here's the thing. Brad actually canceled their appointment. And Lucas Son didn't think Right. So that kind of threw me off because I'm like, yes, he's on. You know, at least he's thinking something. He knows there's something behind this. He's questioning Brad's actions. He asked him to call so on and so forth but then he just stands there so cute and pretty when brad just like cancels the appointment and doesn't say anything he like, did <laughs> he did he he did like i mean he let him say what he had to say but he did respond and say nope i'm coming and he didn't make a thing about it in front of the therapist even though so as any human person you couldn't miss that <laughs> you tried to cancel without talking to him and to figure out if he needed it to be canceled and you guys are so not on the same page I just thought that that was so bold yeah Brad completely insane that he would just take that shot like if I can say it maybe I can manifest it and I can mind control Lucas if I just start talking for him okay so you you laughed to me last week when I said this but I'm still gonna like hang on to this theory just for a little while longer okay so Brad is unraveling, like you said, trying to mind control Lucas, trying to say something without being noticed. What flyers? Being yeah. So the flyers. Okay, but then okay, so the flyers. He sends himself the flowers because his other personality. You know, he's like unraveling, so he doesn't know that he sent himself the flowers. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Well, I have a, a, a counter theory from Cinnamon <laughs> Deb, who says this. Okay, which also makes your idea and this one really funny if they're both true. She's mm -hmm. like, Julian, I believe he's the one sending the flowers to Brad, is going to take care of Brad. So she thinks that Julian is going to take care of Brad overall. In what way, I don't know, but she suspects that he's the one who sent the flowers. Interesting. Like a version of the kiss of death? Probably just to mess with him. <laughs> like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going all that deep with it. You know, he's not in the mob anymore, but I can see him just being fed up. Um, of Brad and I don't know like because he because he, think about what he said first of all he said something super funny like did you win a pageant like when he saw the flowers <laughs> that made me laugh but then he made that comment about some people crumble under stress so by sending the flowers he's causing some problems between him and Lucas making adding a bit more stress that Brad has to deal with then maybe he would listen to Julian about like cutting out the therapy I don't know it's a bit convoluted but maybe but e either way even if Julian is just messing with him it's kind of funny if he's sending him flowers and brad's like doing the fly flyers flyers and flowers that's hilarious <laughs> it i don't know who would be sending brad flowers other than like like you said himself or somebody who knows everything like julian right because it's a real bad time to suddenly <laughs> get a secret admirer like you know if it's like a legitimate secret admirer like i have feelings for you it's real bad timing also he's married so, <laughs> oh my God, you're so funny. What if it's over? I don't see her doing that. She's busy getting out of town. So, I don't I know. I mean, Britt could be some. It could be Britt. That would make sense. Why she wouldn't leave it? Well, no, she's. Well, why would she? She's you not know? a fugitive anymore, so she could totally leave a note, yeah. unless she didn't want her mom to come across it. But still, <laughs> I know, I know, we're getting carried away with who could have sent the flowers. So right now we've got two two possibilities: Brad is sending them, or Julian is sending them. Exactly. Okay. So, um, I okay, okay. I'm excited to talk about Julian and, and Elizabeth, but I do want to um, before I do that, just talk for a minute about Ava and Trina like what was going through your mind when you saw Trina walk into the gallery 
Well, part of me was a little bit scared, but that's any interaction of children with Ava, unfortunately, or anybody. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? But when she started talking and especially how she viewed Ava, like she let Ava see that not everybody sees her as this like devil woman Mm -hmm. that she humanized her. And Ava like really needed that in that moment. And I love, love, love the dynamic between the two and that Trina wants to learn something from her. So Ava now has purpose and is humanized. And I think that's going to carry her a long way. Exactly my thoughts. I got so excited. I could barely even articulate in a post (laughs) how excited and how huge I thought that interaction was and how huge it could be for the characters moving forward. But a few people commented and they were able to kind of like verbalize my thoughts, I guess. So Eliz underscore the first said, Trina is perfect and always says the exact right things. And I completely agree with that. You know, like we, we've gotten a taste of Trina and she's very straightforward and she's very to the point. And I know it sounds bizarre that we're saying this little teenage girl can make all the difference, but I kind of do. I think this teenage girl can really um, get through to Ava if she does choose to share observations or observations she does make about Ava or calls her on anything. Paul Broadway NYC said Trina is going to be a big part of Ava's healing. So kind of what you were saying, she needs a young girl in her life, especially a spitfire like Trina. And that's the thing, like these two comments really speak to something that's really special about Trina as to why she would have more of an impact than maybe anyone else has. Like, I mean, of course, Ava loves her children in the best way she knows how, but not Mm -hmm. even they were able to... um, to move Ava outside of herself, to make Ava any less selfish. That's a very good point. You I know? just care for the other things because, I mean, they're that's their mother. So they're going to see things so differently. They're not going to see her as, you know, this talented person in the art world. And, yeah, and I mean, like. Who's that in a way in the relationship? Yeah, the, like this mentee-mentor relationship is going to be amazing because it's one that's from the start sounded on complete respect and mm-hmm. admiration. With Kiki, there was an admiration of her mom, but there were so many other complicated feelings um, mm-hmm. on top of that. And then we have MS 87, 97, 18, 32, who said, I love how Ava and Trina are together. I have a feeling Trina will fill in the void in Ava's life. Of course, she can't replace Kiki, but I think these two characters have a great bond. Hopefully, GH writers allow that to happen. The actress who plays Trina is a natural. She totally is. Her acting comes effortlessly. So I just think there's just something so special about Trina. And I also really love the pairing of just the fact, because the thing is, there's always going to be that sort of teenager storyline and then the adult storylines, right? But I like the fact that we can mix the two. I agree. It's, it's, it's just, it's different, the dynamic, and it just adds a different layer to things. And that's the thing, like, I just don't find, you know, in General Hospital, I don't find that, like, Cam and Joss and Trina to be your typical teenagers and they can have this, like, closed off, teenager world to kind of appeal to like a younger audience I mean of course they do I'm sure appeal to a younger audience but I feel like they have so much more that they can go beyond that young kid storyline and really be involved in the heavier ones like we are seeing because we see Cam paired with adult storylines as is Joss Dev is paired with Sunny and paired with like Dante back in the day with some adult storylines and so it's really nice to have Trina rooted in that same sort of idea in an adult storyline slash her friends as well I agree I 100% agree and Trina did um stick out to me this week not just for her performance with Ava but how she was addressing Joss like I know that was going through stuff but at the same time I like that Trina's not treating her as this wounded bird but as this human who has other human friends and you need to sometimes snap out of it and think about them no matter how hard it is because Cam is suffering right now yeah, um, I was really surprised and disappointed by Joss, mm-hmm. but I was wondering what this meant because this all kind of started, you know, a few weeks ago when she was outside in the park with her teacher and then he suggested the whole journaling thing. And right yeah. then and there, we saw that he had an impact on her. And even when they were walking away, mm-hmm. they were trying to talk to Joss and she was sort of like, oh, what? Like, it seemed like there was already a divide being created, like Joss and her teacher and then you got Cam and Trina. Ooh. 
and I don't know if this is just about Joss um, isolating herself or if there's going to be more with this whole teacher Joss storyline. Uh, I was thinking about that too, but I didn't want it to get too weird. Like, I think she's either, like, she's obviously well, Like, I don't want to make it weird, you know what I mean? Like, Dustin's not going to do anything. He's a great, you know, like, I think it's more, like, and I don't think it's abnormal that, like, a girl would have a crush or kind of, you know, be infatuated with, like, her teacher. You know, I I don't think that's, you know, too far. And it may not even be anything like that. It just might be that, you know... I guess, limiting her interest in a way. Well, you know, talking about the journaling thing and Carly handled it well. And I can't wait to see, like, she has such great parenting advice. So I'm curious to see now that she knows that Joss is journaling. So when they, Donna came home and she's left her mom, instead of like sitting with her family, she's like, I'm going to go upstairs and journal. And I want to pull for all of you guys. And I was like, okay. I was so weirded out. Like, I mean, it's one thing to ask for the, for the quotes because you're making something for Donna. That's totally cool. Hey, can I get some quotes from you guys? I want to make something for, you know, our new family member. That's all good. But when she announced to everyone that she was going to go journal about this very moment that she could actually be living and experiencing, I thought it was a bit odd, but clearly it was meant to kind of alert Carly to like what is going on and maybe showing a shift in her behavior a little bit because journaling on the surface seems very, very positive. But even Dustin was a little put off when he came to find out that she was journaling for hours and right in front of his face, he's watching her completely be, um, you know, spacing out from her friends. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know, I guess I'm kind of worried about how, I'm I'm worried about the dangers of journaling. <laughs> I mean, it's drugs, alcohol, I, journaling. <laughs> I think this is where it's going. Too much journaling is no bueno. Okay, noted. <laughs> so yeah, and I mean, I love that whole family moment. But, like, did everyone forget that Christina is family? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Christina is family, and Jax, I think, believes that Donna is his daughter. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for bringing that up so we didn't forget, (laughs) because I wrote, and I didn't know, because even in my notes, I was also trying not to be mean. Like, I didn't even know how to write it down. I was like, (laughs) Jax's gift was deep and very sweet. It's adorable that Jax welcomes Donna as his family. Like, I didn't even know how to write my note to kind of explain that I was like, I think it's great that you're super excited for Donna. (laughs) And I was like, it's so nice. And it's very there. It's all over. It's, yeah. Like, that's, he's super excited. I wrote in my notes, Jack really cares for kids that don't belong to him. <laughs> That's a bit more honest than what I was writing. I was like, <laughs> it's nice. Because I was like battling in my head. I'm like, this is really nice and sweet. And what I want it to be, the opposite, that he's sort of like, oh, it's a baby. I'm a sister. What else? But I was just like, but you got her a guess that's symbolic of your mom. Right? And I, I was thinking... <laughs> and I mean, it was really nice that Sonny, like, he actually knows who this was and, and is like, oh, that's, that's cool. Lady Jane was a class act. But I was like, oh, okay. It's good for Donna to know her roots. <laughs> because I was thinking, like, you know, okay, Joss has this, like, meaningful necklace that as a little sister, she would also want one, I guess. <laughs> would be, to me, the more, like, logical Anyways, whatever. It's all super nice. So yeah. Jax is in. Christine is out. She got voted <laughs> off the island, apparently. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, oh, hey, speaking of Jax, all right. So everyone this week is coming to find out that Nina took Valentine back. Oh, Lord, yes. I love it. It's like the stupid parade. Everyone's like, you did what? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's amazing. So, like, we start off with, like, Jax this week, who's like, you really don't believe he was involved. And, okay, so that whole interaction. Um, I loved how Nina was just sort of like, um, can you run along and get us a table? <laughs> like, can, you, can you get out of my, my office? And even today, he shows up in the middle of her work day and she's super busy. All like, can we go shopping for art? Do you need a babysitter? Do you need a hobby? Like, what is it that you are doing 
all day long or not doing all day long that you're constantly badgering her at work. I found it so interesting though, because if you look back just a couple of weeks back when they were so in love, they were literally attached at the hip. She couldn't even say a thought, a sentence, a word without him just being right there to finish it. And all of a sudden, even though she believes, big air quotes again, that he is innocent, her whole kind of demeanor and reaction to him has changed. It has. And I remember last week we we were reading someone's comment and we're like, do you think Nina's pretending? And we're like, I don't know. I don't think so. But this week I have to say that I am because when she had that interaction with Jax and he walked out of the room, I can't exactly describe what she might be thinking, but just the look that she gave him as he left the room was really interesting. It wasn't because she was setting boundaries with him, you know, Mm -hmm. but she didn't seem mad or upset when he left. And today was very, very poignant. Okay, so she gets the bottle of, of like, wine from Valentine's. They said it was champagne, but you know what it looks like? Uh, the packaging? Because they have something that's called wedding wine. Or, like, yes. wedding. Anyway, so it looked like that. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> that's, like, a complete The things noticed, it's so funny. <laughs> well, it's because we had, like, somebody had a bottle like that. Johnny had a bottle like that from a wedding. So, anyways, so it's Spencer congratulating her on finally getting rid of Valentine and obviously like it's funny like I'm sorry but like don't you find it odd that your husband gets so worked up and treats this little boy Spencer like a grown-up I mean mind you he didn't exactly attack Spencer in front of her he did so with Laura later on but she gets this bottle he's all upset about it and he's all like, oh, he, Spencer spent all this money and, you know, <laughs> we should send it back so he could, like, have egg all over his face. And I'm like, yeah, you're telling him. <laughs> I was like, you're such a loser. Like, you're such a loser. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, so lame what he was saying. So, so like, again, in that scene, you know, it was very different. She was really kind of, like, ignoring him. She was very at ease. She wasn't annoyed by the wine. And she said, oh, we'll just send it back, whatever. And she put it back on her desk. And later on, when her, her that's what the thing, like, like, Valentine is very presumptuous because he went out and told her assistant she needs to, to send the bottle of wine back to Spencer. And Nina said no. I love And Nina, you. she put the bottle on display when she was alone in the room. And then mm-hmm. one of her last scenes was she sort of, like, picked it up and looked at it. So she's clearly not mad at that bottle. I mean, how can you really be mad at a new bottle? (laughs) But I mean, she wasn't mad at it. Not to mention Ava storming in her office today to call her on taking Valentine back because Valentine was looking for art. Laura's looking for that painting. (laughs) Ava has that painting. (laughs) So see how long it takes to get back to Laura and Curtis where the painting is um, or to talk to Ava for any art information. So when he goes there, he's telling Ava, which is so funny, that I want to get a portrait of me and Nina and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she would never take you back, you delusional person. And then she literally stomps out of her own gallery, leaving him there in an empty gallery, which is hilarious. He's like, I guess I'll just walk my, find my way out or something. <laughs> but she she goes and she's like, I want my scotch back. And I loved it. I thought it was hilarious because like I thought we came to an understanding. And so she's like, fighting with Nina for taking him back and in that conversation um I have to say this I think Ava had a point because when she was talking to to Nina um she started saying Valentine is obsessed with you he doesn't just love you he's obsessed with you and when he when you're having that kind of obsession it's like he'll do anything not just for you but anything to kind of like keep you so she was sort of making a Ryan comparison which Nina totally. called her on. But to be honest, I really don't think Ava was wrong. Well, no, because everything he said he's done for love has been so extreme and so ridiculous that, yes, it's almost like, what is it, Faison and Aunt Anna. Like, all of these things, like, it's just, the, it's not love or romance. It's freaking weird. Yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting point to have come out of that scene. And also, like, the big, the big part, though, was um, the last thing that happened was Nina in their little battle, uh, their little back and forth said something like, I am nobody's fool. And she said it with conviction. And in that moment, there looked to be like an understanding. And Ava was like, we'll Mm -hmm. see. So I felt like at that moment, Ava's like, (laughs) wait a minute, you know? (laughs) All right, maybe I'll leave you this bottle of whiskey until 
well, we'll see how long you get to get this bottle of whiskey. So, yeah, to me, it's 100% confirmed that Nina is playing him. But I really don't know what her plan is. I know. I want to know what she's thinking. I want to know if, you know, Jax is in on it. Like, I just want to understand the intricacies of taking Valentine down. Doesn't Right now, it doesn't look like um, Jax was in on it. Everyone is legitimately surprised. And honestly, I felt like... In the scene with Ava in particular, because she, you know, she's constantly having to, like, go to bat for Valentine. And if she is playing him, it can't feel good to defend somebody that you're trying to take down and clearly don't like. So it looked like she was exhausted after that interaction of having to kind of, like, defend Valentine. Good observations, my friend. If she was going to pair up with anyone at this point, I would say it would be Spencer. Because remember, we don't think Spencer was involved in the whole codicil thing. True. We think that it's Nicholas. So... I don't know. And then Valentine went to Laura upset about what Spencer did and then sort of made threats and talked about him as a kid and as a young adult. So I am wondering if Spencer is going to come back. But again, if he does, I'm wondering if he would work with Nina, which would be the ultimate at getting back at Valentine. Oh, yeah, that would be sweet. Um, okay, so since we're talking about the codicil real quick, mm-hmm. someone had a comment about the painting. So okay. we, we found out that there's clues in the painting. That's what the artist does. And Ava's kind of good at those clues. So someone has a theory. Okay, so Dominica Rose 14 says, I think Helene is alive. And she drank the tea that made her appear dead. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Romeo and Juliet. The teacup she's holding is the clue. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Oh my gosh, that would be next level. I've always been hesitant as to whether she's dead or not. Because it's like Helena. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. And I was like, that's how you died? Nicholas I know, so you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, that was the whole idea. Is that the painting is supposed to convey the fact that Nicholas had been poisoning her. And she knew about this. And again, if you knew that he was poisoning you, why did you keep drinking the tea like, and have someone make a painting about it? <laughs> like, you had to sit still for a long time. It'd be like, he's poisoning me, painted, painted. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I really don't understand that at all. Okay, and speaking of other theories, this one is actually about um, Hayden. So what do you think of this? Like, so we heard Hayden's reasons for doing whatever she did to Finn, but at the Pretty Pixie is throwing this out there. Undoubtedly, Hayden Barnes only left Finn because she found out Nicholas was still alive. Thus, she was still married to Nicholas and couldn't legally marry Finn. Nicholas wanted her help but needed to still be thought dead. That's why she fled. Oh, that rhymes too. Do you think that could be? It's less Um, stupid than her her rationale. Yes, I I much rather that theory than the garbage that she was spewing. Yeah, because it just made her look super bad. (laughs) It just made her look super selfish. Oh, but I don't know how this makes her look selfless, you know? I mean, actually, no. Like, I want to help Nicholas, even if it means mm-hmm. destroying my relationship. Okay, so maybe that is a little selfless, even though she might be getting exactly. some money out of this. Right? True. Still <laughs> selfless. So, uh, okay, so some super, okay, I'm so excited about this. Okay. So we got, like, the third Julian and Elizabeth interaction this week. Yeah. And... Did you catch how Elizabeth, first of all, looked at him when he walked in and even when he was leaving? Like, she just the looks, she was just staring him down. And I was like, right? okay, all right. Like, so I took some pictures of it and there's like one that I posted on Twitter and it was just sort of like, the scene is happening. Like, Julian's interacting with Scott and all you have frozen is Elizabeth just giving some interesting eyes <laughs> to Julian. I think she has Alexis-style dreams about him. I mean, at this point, <laughs> at this point, because, like, I mean, look, I think we all know which way the verdict is going to go when your key witness, and we're going to get into all of that, mm-hmm. go, like, it's pretty much testifying the opposite of what you need him to say. <laughs> right. It's sort of yeah. over. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, whether she's thinking about it, I'm starting to think it's going to kind of, like, come to fruition, for sure. And so, for Kamazi, I think they look good together. I like their chemistry. Beach Bum, BJTC, I like them together. There's chemistry there. There's definitely something there. They have mm-hmm. a few fans. So, Nana.Dugo said, I like them together. Their chemistry isn't for. So, a lot of people 
really talking about their chemistry. And I had asked this question. So, I mean, we, we already know the answer today. Like, we know that Julian ended up telling her about her drugging situation. Yeah. I was just like, wow, that's a really big thing oh, to, yeah. to say. Because it's like, you're not just telling somebody else. You're, you're, you're telling it and you know it's going to come out in court. Yeah. So what did you think? Were you... Like, were you shocked that Julian sort of broke that confidence? No, I think he doesn't really care. And he, like, he cares, but he doesn't. Like, he did go and talk to Franco Drew. He did express that, you know, he has a history with Kim, blah, blah, blah. But they're not together. And I think he's just done now. Like, he gave Elizabeth that last piece mm. that she needs. And he's, like, just ready to move on with Elizabeth. <laughs> I think you're really right. I think that was, like, a symbolic nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Like he's done all he could and he's just like whatevs at this point like he's moving on and he was trying to he, he's been trying to and so okay I was thinking this about the trial and Knitting the Blues sort of echoed this in her comment this week because as I was watching and I was writing this down I was like um I'm trying to understand this because it was a competency hearing right and in today's episode we finally heard from Franco because that's the person you need to kind of determine is he competent enough to make his right. own choices? And then Kevin testifies and is like, yeah, he's competent to make his own choices. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I absolutely loved the back and forth. And there's so many of the um, arguments that they were making back and forth that I wanted to get into. But this thought crossed my mind. Like, as much as I was, like, loving the insults back and forth, I was like, what does this have to do with proving Franco is competent? Like, talking about Elizabeth's past, I was, at first I was like, why are they talking about what Elizabeth did? I love it. I love that it's being aired out (laughs) in front of all these people. But at the same time, I was saying, okay, well, it makes sense for Elizabeth because she's the one who is claiming he's incompetent. True. And, you know, so she's claiming she can make better decisions. So questioning her motives, I can see how that could be helpful. But again, it's a competency hearing and you need to show that he's the one who's competent. And even, like, whether or not Kim like drugged or tried to rape Drew as wrong as that is and as disturbing it was for Franco Drew to find out like on Thursday when they showed his face it was like a combination of disgust and shock and I was like is he gonna want to be with her after this um I thought that was really I mean again it doesn't speak to like who cares if your advocate is crazy it doesn't speak to whether or not you're competent the people you hang out with. I know. I, okay, I, I do get that. But I also think it was a strategic move on Elizabeth's part, part to get that out in the open in a real way so that he knows that it's true. If Elizabeth had just oh. walked and said, hey, the person you like absolutely love right now and is ditching your whole life for is this kind of person, he would have been like, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now it's stated in court. Now she had to say it on the stand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because he had a reaction to it, for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> he had a really big reaction to it. Oh, my God. Okay, so, so look, I had so much fun at this trial. Like, I think it was probably, like, the funnest <laughs> trials or legal things that I've ever seen. And so, uh, okay, a couple of things. So when he was questioning, so when Franco's lawyer was questioning Liz about what she did to Drew... It's, you know, because there are parallels there and we've had a hard time articulating exactly sort of what the similarities were, but I liked how he framed it in terms of, in terms of his case by saying, um, what she did to Drew speaks to what she's ready to do in the name of love. And I was like, right? oh, okay, that's an interesting way to frame all of that. And I thought that was a pretty strong argument because, you know, fine, she did what she did, but he sort of was like, okay, well, look how far she's willing to go for kind of like whoever she wants at that point in time. Yeah, it was very poignant because it wasn't very, like his tact is so different than Scott's. You know, like he's very calm, very put together. And just the way he said it, oh my God, it was so impactful. But she had a good counterpoint though. When she said what she did was to Drew Kane and not the guy sitting in the courtroom. So that was really <laughs> cool. I because I, I mean look, she's not she's not always my favorite person, but yeah. that was a pretty good argument. Yeah, I did that horrible <laughs> thing to Drew, but it wasn't that Drew. It was the one who, who died in the elevator slash airplane because the last time we saw him was the elevator. So that to me was a strong point. And like Scott confused me with whatever his strategy was. Because when he was questioning Jason, I felt like, but that proves Franco's case, not your case. 
because he's like, were you not Jason Quartermain and now you're Jason Morgan? And he was trying to talk about like whose life has value and whether or not Jason values Franco and therefore he doesn't care. But it's not whether or not Jason cares about Franco. It's whether Franco or Drew, whoever he is, is competent enough to make his own decisions. But still, questioning Jason about his his who he was and the loss of his memories and who he is now, and Jason is assuming his present identity, speaks to what Drew is trying to do. Drew Franco. And I was just sitting there being like, that's not helping. Nope. <laughs> and another point that he tried to make, this is the point I thought he was trying to make. It, it was still... I guess okay it was still an okay point so when he was questioning Kim relating to her as a parent saying if Oscar had lost his memories would you be fighting that it's all good it's okay but that's not where I thought he was gonna go when he said what if Oscar had Cameron's memories or some crap like that I thought he was gonna say if Franco never showed up and Drew's Uh memories were implanted into Cameron would you be sitting here arguing that he is Drew Kane Exactly. Oh my God. You took the words out of my, I'm staring at the TV. I'm yelling at the TV. Like what is happening right now? That would be the question I would be asking. Cause that almost happened. And how freaking weird would that have been? Exactly. And Lamont underscore a brought up that same, brought up that same point this week, that same question. And that's the thing I was like, cause before I was on the fence, like before the trial started, I was very much like, nah, he wants to be drew. Let him be drew. But then I got weirded out when we talked about <laughs> Oscar. Cause I'm like, well, he's not, He's not your kid, man. Like, he's not your kid. And then when you bring in all the kids, it just kind of, like, changes everything for me. And I just feel like if we're going to use an argument, you know, that, you know, because he has Drew's memories, it makes him Drew, it has, it should be an absolute argument, meaning it should apply to everyone. But it doesn't apply to everyone. It only arbitrarily applies to, because it was in Franco's body. But if it was in Cameron's body, that would be a completely different thing. Exactly. So if it's not true for Ken, then I don't see how it could be true for Franco. Mm. That's how I see it. Like, Same. It, I, I feel the... So I, again, I mean, I wasn't wrong last week when I was like, I love Scott, but I don't really think he can do this. <laughs> so I don't think Here's he can really argue this case. No, and he's, but the thing is, he he buried himself when he said, like, this is my son. Like, you are too emotionally invested. And I think he yeah. was like, that he was saying to the judge but that you know he's fighting for his son blah 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 blah. like I think he was in his opening statement but that's exactly the point you shouldn't be fighting for this because you are too close to this and you are losing your touch this is mean but like (laughs) you know like how Alexis is in quotations a good lawyer Mm. (laughs) is Scott also just a good lawyer like we know Diane's a great lawyer yes like, we've seen Diane win. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know if Scott, if, like, <laughs> <laughs> if this is really, like, I'm too close to this, or <laughs> these are my skills. <laughs> <laughs> here, here they are, skills. <laughs> okay, my valid point. Very valid point. I'm going to so, just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it there, because I do love Scott. He's super hilarious, and I love them going going at it in the courtroom. It was amazing. But, okay, so this week, look, Diane came to Jason and and Sam today, and she proposed this, like, quick fix solution to try to get Sam out of jail in this speedy trial. Do you honestly think she's going to get a speedy trial and get acquitted all before her, like, psycho cellmate comes back? I am just so annoyed with all of this. Like, I want to care and I want to give my opinion. Um, Because the main person who is accusing her of something no longer exists. Um, I think they are going to drag it out. I'm not sure entirely how it'll contribute to the other stories. Um, yeah. I wish it was a quick fix, but I, oh, my gut's telling me it's not. Because if it's not a quick fix, it means she'll probably get the court date and then be found guilty. That's how it would be extended in my mind. Yeah. And then they would have to prove her innocence or, or, or whatever. Like, you'd have to just keep going after Peter. And today, Diane was speaking to what you were saying, you know, like the whole... He's not there, so we like we can kind of use that, you know. Like she's talking about how that guy who died is just neutral; it doesn't work for us, it doesn't work against us. And mm. but again, I just think the whole thing is is, is stupid. And I was watching it today, and it was just like <laughs> it just makes me sad, like to watch. Like first of all, it's bizarre watching Jason not be the one in jail. 
right sam that's in jail so that's already really disorienting for me and it just makes me sad i'm just like she's away from her kids this sucks i don't like it i really don't like it enough like having that scene with jason and their son when they're at kelly's it's just like it's heartbreaking like it's not necessary yeah, so I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with that storyline. I'm just like, it, it just makes me sad. And I don't want to be sad <laughs> when I'm watching right? GH like that, you know? And especially the fact that that family in particular has been taunted by Peter in various ways and with, like, a lot of negative consequences to them and a lot of lost time. So it does sort of break my heart that they're losing more time as a family, which may speak to the force Jason will go after Peter with. You took five years away, and now you're taking more time. We don't know how much time. And we don't know how much damage to Sam. Like, we saw Sam have, like, kind of, like, this nervous breakdown, this, like, weird virusy thing, like, before, when Jason kind of returned. You know, we saw all the anxiety that she went through. We saw her go from, like, Drew to Jason. We saw her sacrifice her relationship with him to save Christina. Like, she's... She has done a lot and been through a lot. And I'm just sort of like, can't she just breathe for a sec? Right? Oh, my gosh. I agree. I just want Sam out of jail, back with her family, and have a lapse of time where she is just gosh darn it happy and building Legos with Jason. Exactly. And it's like, if you have to, like, sort of stretch this story, have her do it, like, outside of jail. Yes. Agreed. And speaking of of moms... And as one who also recently had a C-section, I'm just in awe. Carly's all freed up, walking around, <laughs> picking up her baby, looking like that. I know I did not look like that when we left the hospital. <laughs> but I was just like, because Johnny was watching it with me. And I'm like, look at her. Look at her walking around right after her C-section. This is amazing. So so aside from, from all of that, she finally gets her moment with Sasha. Okay, so I was one, I felt exactly the same thing as you. I'm like, Mish must be like freaking out right now because I'm like, she's at a bar. She's at her work. She looks like all put together. I liked, um, I love Carly. We both do. But when she looks at Michael, it's like, you can go and put the gifts in the car. She just has this like authority about her. But Michael still takes the time, obviously, to look at Sasha and make sure that she's okay. And then he leaves. And I liked the direction of the conversation. What did you think? Okay, I loved it, but I want to say this first. Like, when Michael and Sasha first walked into the Metro Court, he was like, it's okay, it doesn't matter what other people think, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and then they spotted his mom. It's like, I'm sorry, if you didn't want to run into your mother, don't come to her hotel. <laughs> like, I'm just okay, but she just had a thing. He just figured she'd be at home recovering. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is also a good point. Yeah, what I loved from that conversation was that Carly and her did not lose their bond and they still seem to have a respectful relationship because that's what they started because many weeks or months ago they were at the table when they first had a real conversation and Carly kind of like told her like we have a lot in common but she didn't exactly go into detail of what they had in common today she gave uh, this week she gave Sasha a little bit more. But, yeah, I like that it's um, not all is lost, basically. And I don't think Sasha would give her another reason to sort of, like, doubt her. I don't think Sasha would. But she's just so genuine and willing to take responsibility and sort of accept any which way Carly chooses to handle things. So, yeah, all in all, I was really happy. Because it's just funny because, I don't know, I just find it's interesting that it mattered to me about Sasha and Carly's relationship. And I think it just goes to show that, there is something really different about this whole situation because we've never seen this before. And there's obviously something nice or special about Sasha and Carly that maybe should be developed further because for some reason it bothered me. I'm like, Oh no, what about Carly and Sasha? Like, cause we've never seen Carly really like one of his partners and she has good reason to not have liked one of his partners. And another thing about Michael is that, they're calling him on his pattern between Sam and between Carly. They've called him out on this whole, you know, you're into these whole damsels in distress. But I have to admit, Sasha is not one of those girls. She's not. So not only is Sasha different, I don't know. There's just something to me. There's a lot of potential there in terms of, of Sasha's relationship with Carly. And maybe it's just me liking when, when characters interact as much as possible because it makes it to me as realistic as possible. But I think that there must be something there. I think so too. Like, it's just really nice. It's, it's like you said, it's the first person that the first girlfriend that Carly approves of, they have a commonality. There's a, they just, 
and we keep talking about Michael and pursuing his own life. And then he's going to get his child back. And there's all these cards that are falling into place or pieces are falling into place. And we want Carly to be this super awesome grandma that gets to be with Sasha, with Michael, with Wiley. Like they're just kind of setting the groundwork. Yeah, I think so. I really do. And it would be, I mean, it's going to suck for Lucas, but it would be, you know, obviously. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Lucas will be the godfather. Oh, this is going to be so bad. It's going to be real bad. Can't even think about it. So PT Moxie, in terms of Carly and Sasha, said, I really like the scene between Carly and Sasha today. Carly sees herself in Sasha and mm-hmm. she really does. And I think there's just so much more there. Anyways, I think she's going to give Michael some space. And when Nell finds out, this is the funniest part. Ooh. When Nell finds out that Carly approves of Sasha, she's really going to lose it. That is such a funny element. I didn't even think about. Neither did I, but holy crap. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. Oh gosh. It's too bad. <laughs> yeah, that is really, really bad. But something also struck me this week about Michael. Because Carly brought up his past and brought up Sabrina, mm-hmm. something kind of occurred to me. How is it possible that Michael was in a relationship with Sabrina? Because we can't forget, Sabrina had come off of her relationship with Patrick, who was married to Robin, and right. who was also engaged Sam. Okay? So right. my thing is, is that Robin sort of had a hand in kind of raising him. She was there in Michael's early days as a baby. And Sam also knew Michael as a child. Like, they were both part of his childhood. Oh, God. Basically, have Patrick and Michael date the same girl I find is weird. I was like, Everything how? Everything in so- weird. <laughs> Look at Joss and Spencer. Joss is like a teenager, and Spencer is still portrayed as a kid. <laughs> I know. I know. They're hiding him away, and I don't know what they're going to do when he comes back back right I'm I mean, maybe they're see, so maybe they're waiting for him to like <laughs> to like grow some more before bringing him back okay so I have one last sort of theory to throw at you tell me what you okay, think so do I so you go first okay so this is from knitting the blues okay so what do you think about this what if the writers have been playing up Nicholas but it's really Morgan spying on Ava just thought of that Oh, dear Lord, I have goosebumps. Like, I can't. I mean, that particular scene, Ava was with Laura. Mm -hmm. But that could have been a coincidence because Ava had a flashback of that convo this week. Or today, probably, I think. And so the idea is, is that Ava is the one that feels watched. So it means she's being watched even when she's not with Laura. Oh, I I don't know if I I like that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I <laughs> long pause okay so I mean I think the writers are for the most part kind of sort of hand feed us stuff or give us clues yeah. I agree so I haven't seen any Morgan clues other than the fact that they recently had his anniversary and we're talking about him right hmm. like, <laughs> no but Nicholas's name has been dropped so yeah often too. I think the writers also like to um tease us and try to, you know, we're figuring out all these theories, we're overanalyzing things, we're, we're picking up all this stuff. So I think they're trying to throw us off with the Morgan thing, and I really want to stick with the Nicholas storyline. Yeah, like, I, I think I would rather it be Nicholas, because if Morgan were to come back, I don't know how I feel about him coming back via Ava. Because if he's, mm. like, because I mean, what, is he angry at Ava? Or is he, like, having a soft spot for Ava? Because that, right off the bat, will just put the families back in massive conflict. No, and I don't want that. So, so yeah, I mean, if Morgan were to come back, I think I'd want to keep it sort of in the Quintos family or with Jason on some level. Keep it within his family. Even if it's, like, through Christina or some kind of weird, bizarre thing, I think if Morgan were to return, I'd kind of want to keep it with maybe within his family. I agree. So what's your theory that you wanted to ask okay, about? More, more of, like, an observation to see what you think so did you notice felicia's beautiful haircut this week yeah they've also got a haircut but did you notice that their hair looks awfully freaking similar from the back oh i got goosebumps i'm really scared now and i'm not even <laughs> sure what could happen but like i'm really really scared that their hair looks the same because you always pick up on this weird wardrobe things and you weren't wrong ages ago there was a scene with Elizabeth and Kim both wearing red and yeah. looking the same and the way that they had stood near like Franco and you were not wrong. Ooh, I have wardrobe is a clue. <laughs> is a clue. It is a clue. 
maybe you could finish the rest of your prediction. Okay, so here's the thing. Ava feels watched. Ryan is in solitaire. You know, he has a connection with Nell. Nell has a connection to the outdoor. Like, I feel like there might be another Ryan reoccurrence in some way between Felicia and Ava. Like, real Ryan or like a Ryan proxy? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it is just too coincidental that they both, like, and one point she turns around when she's talking to, like, Felicia turns around when she's talking to Robert, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a problem. But it's noticeable. It's not subtle, their haircuts. Either exactly. Exactly. Like, I knew for a fact that they both got their haircuts, but I didn't really make the, like, even when I was talking to you right now, I didn't even make the connection <laughs> that it looked the same. I was like, yeah, they both got haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> And then the connection happened and they got goosies. So, yeah, I'm just going to wait and see on that. But I definitely, that stood out to me this week. You know what? That would have been a really great way to end it if it was like Halloween today. Be like, ooh, happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah, so lame, so lame. So instead, instead, I'm going to say, have a good weekend. <laughs> have a good weekend, my friends. Bye.